Welcome back, Inebriates. This is Andy of the Inebriar Podcast. Obviously, you're listening to it. Um, so we are always trying to get a variety of people on, and I feel like we've kind of had a string of comic book creators, and that's not going to change right now. So we have J. Michael Donahue. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, so we kind of connected through Twitter, and uh, you're a comic writer. And you're working on a new project via Kickstarter called uh, Morsels, correct? Yes, correct. Uh, so just give us a rundown. Like, what is what is Morsels? Oh, man. Um, so Morsels, just a little fun brainchild of mine. Um, I guess kind of the elevator pitch. So I call it a, uh, a collection of delectably bite-sized horror, horror stories. And it, it, it is. It's, it's eight uh comic horror stories ranging anywhere from three pages to 10 pages long each just you know just short little bursts kind of gut punches of horror stories um and what was fun about it and i really liked is i tried to do something different uh with each story a different genre a different spin on it um on the genre and i think what also i love is I've worked with eight different artists with completely different art styles, Um, all fantastic, all lend themselves very well. And and even some of the people I picked, I tried to write to their style. And I think that really worked. And so I think this book hopefully will show that, you know, even as horror is one genre, like in comics, it doesn't fit one type of art style. Like it can just be in anything and any type, any, any kind of story. Uh, and you sent me the, the covers, um, and it immediately, like instantly, I didn't have to read it. I didn't have to, it had that tales from the crypt tomb of horror kind of almost like Bernie Wrightson feel to the covers. Like it, oh. it, it felt like it, I didn't feel like it looked like a, a horror comic, you know, it, they have such a specific aesthetic to them. Um, and why do you think it's that the hard comics tend to be those kind of short story anthology type of things opposed to like an X-Men that just runs forever? Uh, um, because, you know, I, I think anthologies are, are, are tough as a writer and a really great writing exercise because you, you don't have 20 pages to write a story. You don't have multiple issues. You don't have, a whole OGN. Yeah. You're, you know, you're trying to do it in three pages, four pages, you know, 10 pages, whatever. And so you have to be able to make that reader fall in love with your character and be, a, you know, worry for them and any danger they're in and be afraid of this monster in a short period of time. So I've, I've found as I've written shorter stories and I'm starting to work on longer pieces I mean, each comes with their own type of, um, you know, difficulties, but I just sitting there, all right, I got to write this in three pages. How do I do that? (laughs) And really just kind of deconstructing and, you know, writing something out and like, okay, I got five pages. How do I break it down? You know, what can I just kind of put in here and infer to that the reader will fill in themselves and what is, you know, absolutely necessary to put in there for them. Yeah, it really must help you kind of like trim the fat a lot. And uh, it makes me think of, I wish I could remember what it was like one of those, you know, BuzzFeed type 
you know, clickbaity links, but it was horror stories in two sentences. And it was just like this list of like, you know, I don't know, 50 different pairs of two sentences that just like kicked off ideas, I guess, for like really cool, you know, horrific stories. And some were like downright creepy. You know? Oh, I, yeah, I've, I've found those on Twitter and some other places, too. And yeah, some of them were some you read and you're like, Ooh, you know, kind of give you shivers. And then other yeah. ones you're like, oh, it's all right. Um, there was actually a show. Uh, I'm not gonna be able to tell you what I think. I think I found it on Netflix. Um, and I'm not sure what channel it broadcasts I'm from, but it's literally called like two sentence horror stories. And it's, and it's like this anthology show um, about 25 minutes per episode. Yeah. But what I loved about it and it kind of the, the uh, concept caught me is that it, at the beginning, it comes up a black screen, fades in, and you get the first sentence of the two sentence horror story. And then it goes into, you watch it. And then at the end, it gives you the second sentence. And so it was just so like, I don't know, it was so simple, but it just it just hit me hard. It's just like, ooh, man, some of those were like, ooh. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like the simplest things. Uh, my son turned me on, a, again, I'm not going to be able to remember the name of it, but a YouTube channel that does actually really, really well shot short horror stories i mean they're like probably under five minutes and the Mm -hmm. one that just like i can remember vividly is like this little girl and you can hear like ice cream truck music playing and she's like goes to her mom and like pulls on her her mom's sleeve and you know goes to her dad or whatever and then finally like you can kind of see the there's no there's no there's no dialogue and then mm-hmm. I think it's the mother finally kind of like gives in and she like opens up a drawer and there's like a sharp knife. And I want to say like a rubber band or something. And she puts mm-hmm. the rubber band around like her finger and like chops her finger off. <laughs> and then you see the girl standing in line with a finger. And there's just like this line of kids all standing there with fingers. And then like this creepy hand comes out of a dark ice cream truck and takes like the finger and you see it like drop into a jar and she gets an ice cream and that's it. <laughs> and then, like, I mean, you just describing. I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, it's so disturbing. What? What? It, why? Why? As readers and content, not you know, users. Why do people like to be scared? Like, what? What is that desire to be? I mean, freaked out? I don't know. I think I think it's just maybe it's a bit of the fear of the unknown. So you kind of want to face it. Um, I think some of it is just kind of that rush. I mean, I remember as a kid, I mean, that was my go-to horror movies were my go-to. I mean, I remember watching, maybe I was like nine, 10, like Nightmare on Elm Street, um, you know, The Howling and American Werewolf in uh, London. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember, see, I, w- I was definitely not quite old enough, but like when Scream came out, yeah. God, I remember, I remember just the, um, the trailer creeping me out, but my brother was about five years older than me. So he had the VHS. And I mean, just that he, it was the VHS with the uh, Drew Barrymore, like just kind of seeing the the eyes. Yeah. And God, and I remember he snuck it to me and let me watch it. Yeah. Uh, but God, I, but, but what's funny is I over and over, I'd want to watch these movies, but immediately when it's time to go to bed, it's like, my bed's in the corner of the room and I'm at the door. So it's like, turn the lights off, run, jump in my jump bed. In the bed. Run the covers, <laughs> like, oh my God, something's going to get me. Yeah. But yet I still over and over just watched them. I mean, it was just kind of a, there's just that thrill. that I think we just kind of get from reading horror stories and, you know, watching them and things like that. 
it's and I was never like I mean I've seen plenty of like thrasher movie or slasher movies and um they're fine they're not my taste I am drawn to like bad horror like <laughs> oh. if it's poorly done I love it you know I think I watched um with a buddy of mine uh was it Llamageddon <laughs> it's like this alien llama that shoots like laser beams out of its eyes and you know (laughs) of course there's like a teenage party and it goes there and it kills people and it is every it is bad on in every way you want it to be oh see me uh, a good friend of mine from college and uh we were both communication majors radio tv film you know we like doing student films and stuff that was like our fun night to do is go to hollywood video blockbuster which makes me feel old that how long that's been um but go to the horror section and we would just find what looked like the worst horror movies and watch them just so we could laugh yeah and that actually led (laughs) what's really funny that led to like the best um summer internship that me and him ever had and so what we did is uh senior year we had to have it or going in the senior year we had to have an internship working somewhere so we went to the video store. We found we we went to the back of every bad horror movie that we've watched that we like laughed at. Wrote down the company's names, and we just started submitting to all of them. And <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and, and one yeah, and one of them was uh, God, it was called Ice Queen, and the director's uh, name is uh, Dave Giancola. And uh, oh yeah, he, I've heard his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he had he has a um, his own production company in Rutland, Vermont this tiny town in Vermont. I mean, we're talking this, this place is so tiny that we had a culture shock. We get there and it was like eight 15 or something. And we're like, Oh, we're going to go get something to eat. That whole town was shut down yeah. at eight o'clock. <laughs> and we're like, what's going on? We can't get anything. It was, it was crazy. But what was so awesome is we got to live in his movie studio. Oh, that's because cool. like they just, they just had a room. Like, look, we got some mattresses and we're like, he goes, you can stay here. And we're like, okay, cool. And we did all the grunt work around. Like if it was cleaning, we did some, you know, uh, technical stuff, but like at night he had a room for dailies. So we got to watch movies, rent movies and watch them up on his like projector. Um, oh, that's cool. Oh my God. And he actually had certain like film equipment, like some dollies and stuff like that. He's like, I don't care. You can use them while we're here. So we were sitting there making fun student <laughs> this little movie studio. Um, it was, I mean, it was the best like three months we ever spent just living there. And, uh, and like I said, it was all because of bad horror. Movie. <laughs> That's so funny. And you know, that, that it still lives on. It, it's different. You know, there was something cool about going to the video store and like picking out the package and seeing the little clips from it and whatnot. But, you know, Amazon prime, they have great bad movies. Like, yeah just tons and tons of them. I'm like, this is fantastic. And it reminds me as I'm scrolling through them of, of like walking the aisles of video store and just being like, what is this piece of garbage? <laughs> I got to see it. Yeah. Uh, it's great. I love it. Uh, so the one thing that I always find when I'm watching horror is everyone's basically working with, six monsters and trying to make them original you know you have your frankenstein type monster you have your vampires your werewolves mm-hmm. there's some variations in there but it's rare that you see like 
a real brand new creation of something. Do you try to come up with a new monster creature type thing or work with what's there? Or are you not a monster creature? Are you more like a human, you know, humans are the scary monsters. Uh, you know, I guess it just kind of depends on what, what uh, hits me. Um, like I was kind of mad at myself for a while. I can't, one of the stories in this book is called El uh, Cuco. And I, I swear to you, I'm, I hadn't read Stephen King's The Outsider. And, you know, like I was at last year, two years ago, roughly they, you know, the show came out on HBO. Yeah. And so I got with Christian Dabari, who's the artist on it. Fantastic artist, um, an amazing horror artist in general, but uh, we had done the art for it. I was so excited for it. I'm like, this isn't a monster you haven't really seen. And then the show came out and I'm watching and it's about El Cuco. And I'm like, come on. (laughs) Like, I can't, I'm not going to compete with Stephen King. Are you kidding me? Um, so it took a little bit of time and finally I was just like, no, okay, we got to put it out there. Um, but sometimes it's, you know, I find if I'm researching and finding a different creature, I guess, not necessarily inventing something new, but finding something that's not represented. Um, I think that, you know, and people don't know about, um, sometimes it's just uh, like uh, one of my stories in there, it's uh, called Crushed, and it's kind of a, a weird mix of Carrie, Godzilla, and kind of a weird Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I know that's I know it's weird. I guess very very small Sleepless in Seattle, but it's kind of like these two um, people in love meeting up on a tile building. I mean, but it's got a kaiju in it. It's got. <laughs> you know telepathic powers in a way i mean it's just got a little bit of everything in there um and so sometimes i feel like it's if it's more about the characters the monster may not be as important or what the monster is i don't think it's as important i think it all just kind of depends on what story i'm wanting to tell and what kind of monster that i use and you said your research so do you look through like mythology cryptozoology like where do you try to find that kind of inspiration i think everywhere um like i have a story for another product i want to do um and what was it i found i found it on uh, the creature itself and mythology is from i believe uh japanese mythology and um it's like a i'm gonna butcher this um, but like a Gusha de Kuro, I believe. But basically what it is, is like um, souls of people that have died or haven't had a proper burial. They basically, the bones will come together to form a giant skeleton that will basically stalk people like that maybe are impure or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and so it's just this giant skeleton built out of skeletons <laughs> and oh, bones cool. and things like that. Yeah. And yeah. so like that visual is really cool and thinking of how to represent that, but kind of change it up. So it's not, you know, exactly that. Um, so that kind of got my, you know, juices flowing, creative juices flowing for that. Um, sometimes it's stories I've read. I also feel like I always somehow have to throw a werewolf story in. That's just my, that's just my, uh, I am just a sucker for that in the, up to the sub genre of horror. Like, yeah. Even if it's a bad werewolf movie, I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I try to remember. Uh, so I always find in anything I do, I have like morsels. It's going to have a, a different than what I've done, like a werewolf story. I have another um, project that I'm kind of getting going, and that's got another like longer werewolf story in it. So what is it about werewolves? 
I don't know. I think it's, it's this, I think just how God, I'm trying to think dramatic that these people can be and that, that, that it's a curse and that it's almost in the way, like, you know, that's how we got the Hulk. It's this whole idea that we have this monster hiding in us, ready to come out whenever we want, but we're afraid of it. We don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. And so, I mean, I feel like the werewolf mythology has just inspired a lot of things. And so it, it's just, it is kind of one of those things that you just have this sympathetic creature. Cause it's like, you know, I mean, sometimes you have somebody that likes having that curse. I mean, always you're going to have that <clears throat> in some of the stories, depending, but you always have your main character that doesn't want to be this monster, but they can't control it. And so yeah. then they have to live with what this beast inside of them, you know, what murder and mayhem they've done. They have to live with it. I gotta say what you just made me think of, uh, I think one of my all time favorite werewolf stories is from it's by Jim Butcher and it's uh I think it's the second is it a Dres- Dresden Files Dresden Files yeah, 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 yeah. that <laughs> I'm not real far into the Dresden Files I think I'm like maybe four or five books into that series one of my uh friends turned me on to it but yeah I read the first one I'm like all right I like I love this character Dresden's really cool I like yeah. me off he's a cool wizard and then the, yeah, the second one was about these pelts or this belt that you put on you turn into werewolf and all, i'm like oh this is this is awesome yeah they have like all different <laughs> kinds of werewolves and i think my favorite thing about the entire book though was like page two like he walks into like the murder scene and like looks around he's like oh werewolves like there's no like yeah. hey, what could be doing it you know it's just like here we go it's werewolves you know um yeah. i just thought that was such a unique way of doing things because so often you know it's almost like that's what i like about the new spider-mans we've seen the spider-man origin story and the new tom holland one's like you you know it we're not gonna tell it to you 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 know how it goes i know and and you know uh, i mean that's a whole nother uh pandora's box to open up probably you know my discussion on the mcu spider-man versus the other ones just because i'm a huge spider-man fan and me and my brother-in-law clash because much as I like Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man to me, I haven't seen the new one yet, so I can't, this is a judgment not seeing that one, but he was kind of like Thor with me for a while. Thor in the solo movies, okay. Thor in the team-up movies, probably one of the best. Yeah. And so Spider-Man's kind of, I like, I loved him in the team-up movies. I just was not digging the solo, solo adventures personally, but. I thought they were fine. I think my my biggest complaint is Spider-Man isn't Iron Man. And he, yes. he just too early, you know, like I get it. It makes sense in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's just too much of a uh, MacGuffin for him to be like, well, I'm going to go use Tony Stark stuff to solve the problem. Uh, yeah, he I, I, yeah, he felt too much like Iron Man Jr. than Spider-Man. Now, yeah. I mean, obviously, I think I guess tiptoeing around and I don't want to give spoilers because you never know who's listening. hasn't seen the new one. Um, but there is elements that I do know about. Um, I mean, I feel like they've heard those complaints, obviously it seems like. Yeah. So we'll, we'll I, see, we'll see where it goes. I honestly enjoyed the new one. The second time I saw it. And I think it was the first time. I don't want to say it was spoiled for me. I just, you know, I spent enough time online that I heard enough, you know, and oh yeah. And and so I knew kind of what to expect. And 
I was like, all right, whatever, you know, this. Oh, okay. That's the part that they, you know, all right. Oh yeah. That's there. And um, <laughs> so I think the second time I kind of was over that and paid a little more attention to just like letting myself enjoy the story. And there were people in my theater who clearly don't own any kind of internet at all <laughs> and were completely amazed. And I thought their reactions were so genuine and sweet that I'm like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, agreed. Like as a creator of any kind, like that's what you want, like that reaction from someone. Do you, do you do like the comic cons and stuff? Like, have you built a, a, a big fan base <clears throat> yet? Like, do you have that kind of interaction with people <laughs> where like people are like, Oh my God, I love this or whatever. Uh, I wish. No, yeah. you know, I, <clears throat> I feel like it, it, it's kind of odd. It's probably been in the last two or three years that I've really kind of started to get serious or kind of, I think kind of alter my path and how I wanted to get into comics. And so it's been kind of a slower ride. Like what's funny is more morsels kind of came along is, is that um, some of these stories I've done, like I, you know, for some websites and just kind of short comics. And, and basically it's kind of a way to work with some really cool artists yeah. and keep it affordable. Um, because you know what, some of the, I mean, the artists, everyone that I've worked with, every penny that I've put into these stories is more than worth it. Yeah. Um, because not, not only like, and maybe it's just me as a person and that's how I am, but like, I've made some really awesome friends in comics, like everybody I've worked with are just pre freaking awesome people outside of even just, you know, of what they do. Yeah. And so, but that's, it was, it was just kind of doing these smaller ones. And then I, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wait, I have four completed stories. Like I'm halfway to a, a small book. And then that's why I wanted to be, it's like, Hey, it's just a bunch of short stories. You know, it's going to be a short book. It's just this little, little, little fun, horror, you know, nugget of horror kind of the way I look at it. Uh, back in my previous life, I owned a comic book shop. And what was that like? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. But I, you know, every weekend I was like packing things up and going to a comic book show. But I also did horror conventions. And I have to say, hands down, I loved horror conventions light years more than comic book conventions. They're, they're a lot of fun. I, I live, uh, have you ever heard of Horror Hound Weekend? No. It's a it's a bigger one, and I'm it's gotten a lot bigger over probably the last four or five years. Um, but th that flip flip flops between, I think uh, let's see, I can't remember. I think it's in Cincinnati and Indianapolis. Like yeah. I think it started in Indianapolis, and it kind of flip flops. Like at the beginning of the year, it's in one city; at the end of the year, it's in the other. Um, but they get awesome lineups. They get awesome guests, um, and it's always been a ton of fun going there. It just is. I mean, everybody like you're there for actor. I mean, you're, you're thinking you're there for movies about people getting ripped apart and murdered and get, but like all these people are just like real sweet people. They're so nice. <laughs> they want to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the nicest people. Uh, I mean, and I mean, I have one, I think with that convention itself, just that one, um, one year I'm, I know that. Yeah. One year they had John Carpenter. Yeah. And so like, I, I probably my all time favorite horror movie is Halloween. I mean, I know okay. a lot of people probably say that, but it just is. And so I have, unfortunately, I don't have it hanging yet or framed, but I think between for Horror Hound, 
like I got John Carpenter. I have the three original Michaels and like the young and the guy that played the kid, Michael, because a kid. Yeah. Um, but then I also have Jamie Lee Curtis on it because probably about oh, nice. eight or nine years ago. Yeah, they did. Like she won't really she hadn't done any convention. So it was like one of her like first. And she's like, I don't know if I'll do more. Yeah. Um, things. And it was nuts because we we bought tickets ahead of time. We went early in the morning. You had to go get a, like a ticket. And then it was we waited like nine hours, like going around the convention and then getting in line and uh, to go meet her and get her autograph, which was just awesome. But, but yeah, and, and yeah, horror, horror conventions. I'll agree. I guess that was just a long-winded answer. But yes, <laughs> no, that's you know, I've, I just, I've had like that. I, if I had my option between doing another Comic Con and a horror convention, I'd pick the horror convention every day of the week. They're just so much more fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I've had fun at both, but yeah, I, I feel like I think part of it is is and you know I've been to some comic book conventions. Um, with a lot of them being kind of far from me, you know, I haven't yeah. been to a ton of like the, you know, San Diego and Emerald city. I haven't had a chance, you know, have the privilege of going to those, but you know, a lot of it is that over the last 10, 15 years ish with like superhero movies and, you know, comic cons becoming, I guess, cool. You really yeah. want to put it that way, but like, you know, just everybody going to it. Um, it's so much bigger and more spread out where I feel like, while there's, uh, I mean, such a strong fan base for horror, the horror conventions, at least when I've been to, are still smaller. So you're able to feel more like, I guess, like like a family or closer and interact and have that time to yeah. kind of talk yeah, with people. I, I felt like with, and I'm sure I might get some flack about this, but I, my thing, I feel like the turning point for me was when cosplay became like 60% of the comic book convention experience. And like, you know, you would, you know, I went, I was doing comic book conventions back in the day, like before big bang, before they became popular, where if you saw one female there, you're like, Oh, that guy, you know, dragged his girlfriend. Da, da, da. <laughs> and, um, and now there's just so many people in costume and it is very much, it feels very like keeping up with the Joneses. Like who's got the better costume? Who who's doing this? And, you know, you're trying to go about your comic book experience there and you're trying to, okay, now I got to get around this aisle because there's someone decided <laughs> to stop in the middle of an aisle and do a photo shoot um, where horror conventions was always kind of like felt celebratory and like a party atmosphere and people were there to hang out and have a good time and, you know, find out about all these it there was far more support for the small independent guy at horror conventions. Mm -hmm. You know, people went there to get Jamie Lee Curtis or, or um, you know, Freddy Krueger's autograph or whoever's autograph, but then they would go around and be like, Hey, what's your small movie about? And like, talk to the, those people. And I, that's what I really loved about it. It was very, felt very supportive. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I, I can even remember, I think one of the years that I went, um, God, uh, hatchet, wasn't big yet like yeah. it had just been made and so uh it's adam green right i know that's so i should know that pretty sure it's adam green that i think so um but he was there with like the main actress and just like mini posters hey we'll sign these for you hey man yeah. come check out our movie and like we got tickets we're like okay and like i remember my brother went and watched it so we're like yeah sure whatever it was a horror hound and then uh i mean salt and we're like <laughs> i mean it was a good time uh 
And I'm like, oh, that was really cool. And then I feel like it was probably like six months or so later. It was just like, hatchet. I'm like, oh, I saw that before anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, are you working on, so Morsels is going to be a Kickstarter. Correct? Yes. So as of right now, as long as everything keeps on, you know, on a uh, current tra- trajectory, I think uh, February 22nd, I think is when I'm planning for the launch. How is that? Have you done a Kickstarter before like that or? No, no. And I'm absolutely kind of, my, my anxiety is in overdrive. <laughs> it seems like um, there's a real like process to it now. Oh God, there's, you know, the, the nice thing is, is that uh, you can save everything so you can work on it as you can go, which is huge, you know, godsend. But uh, yeah, I have, I have some people that, I mean, we're, we're churning out books. Like I've seen some people there like doing two or three a year and I mean, they're successful at it and, you know, bravo to them. And, you know, I've seen other people like, Hey, all right, I threw this up together. Here it is. And it looks good. I'm like, Oh, okay, man, that must not take long. And then I got in the process. I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much. <laughs> I mean, you have to figure out like, um, I mean, your profile, you got to have your, you know, art for it. You've got to go through and do your story. And then, I mean, I feel like to really hook people in and give and let, really kind of be transparent. I mean, got to be like, why are you doing this book? Here's some sample pages. Here's the cover art. Here's the team. And, you know, uh, maybe with this being a, uh, you know, an anthology. And so there's so many besides me, I mean, I'm the solo writer, but, you know, so many artists and letterers and, you know, a couple of colorists and stuff like that there are a lot of people to track down to get like bios and pictures and things like that. And I don't want to be that guy to like, Hey, can I have that? <laughs> but you know, just getting all that, but I, I want to put in that work because I want to make sure everybody gets like their credit, their right. due, yeah. because this book, I mean, I'm not, I guess trying to downplay my part. Cause I mean, I'm putting together and I, you know, I you know wrote the stories, but I mean, so many of these stories, as a writer, it, I'm, I'm in awe of the talent that I've gotten to work with and like the friends I've gotten to made. And, and it's crazy because some of these, like I write, you know, out, I have a picture in my head and I'm like, Oh, Hey, I think this will be kind of cool. Give it to Christian Dabari. And then you get art back and you're like, Holy crap. Like, <laughs> this is amazing. Like this is far beyond what I imagined. Um, I mean, uh, there's uh Cinnamon who I've worked with on a story uh back with uh Project Big Hype. I don't know if you were familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um it was an anthology and it was really cool. Um kind of uh <clears throat> you know just a, a plethora of different kind of stories, all black and white. Um that was put together by Doug Wood. And so I got uh was lucky enough to get a story in that with with, with Cinnamon and did a horror story. And then I invited him, he did uh if you saw the two. Uh, covers there is the uh, werewolf cover yeah and so he did that one for me and then uh i'm right now kind of putting together a project with alex cormack who uh the artist from like sea of sorrows and road of bones um right now our, our book that he's done um and he's an amazing horror story and he did the main cover for morsels <coughs> excuse me and i mean they're both just phenomenal covers <laughs> You know, and, and like <laughs> as you're like listing these people, I'm like, you know, it's probably a good idea for Kickstarter to have something that's anthology like 
where the more people you have involved, the more, you know, reach, you know, it's opposed to like, if it was just you and one artist, then it's the two, you know, whoever, you know, and you can get the word out to, if you have six artists on, you've, you know, increased that so much more. Just oh yeah. I mean, uh, and what I'm excited about is, uh, I mean, and, and then with the covers, what I think is also really just helps it. I mean, just kind of be like a nice slap in the face. Um, Second Rocket Comics. I don't know if you're familiar with them, no. um, but they do. They did the cover design. So, yeah. I mean, the logo, all that on the side. I mean, it's just it's just phenomenal. They're awesome. Um, and what I love about these books, when I was kind of trying to throw at it, is I want it to feel like the old kind of like horror magazines horror comics and so like i think they perfectly you know encapsulated that on those covers you know oh, it feels sure. like you know the old like fango you know fangoria or yep. creepy and, and things like that that's what they kind of wanted to go for and what i'm even actually excited for as well is um i have two two of the three done but i've kind of created with some different artists uh kind of poor ads like the centerpiece is going to be a uh, send away mask ad. Oh, cool. Um, and that, yeah. And I work with uh, Adam Cahoon uh, and he's on Twitter. He's phenomenal, man, a phenomenal guy, phenomenal artist. Uh, he has just such a unique style. And so he did, we, we created just, <laughs> I let him just have fun with masks. So I was like, Hey, I want kind of this one and this one go to town on the rest. Yeah. And then they cool. are, and they're just fantastic. And it just feels like that old, you know, flipping through, Oh, I could send away for that. And, um, and there's a couple send away ads and things like that, that we're just going to kind of have throughout. Oh, that were a awesome. lot of fun. Yeah. And what I'm excited about is through those and some people I know, I, I, I was allowed to put little Easter eggs into like some of my favorite horror comics. Oh, that cool. I love that. I love it. Yeah. So, yeah. um, where can people go to find out more? Uh, is, is there a, so you said February 22nd, this will go mm -hmm. up actually pretty so close still... to that. So I think yeah. this will go up like the day before. Oh, wow. Perfect. Yeah. Um, either the day before or the week after. Uh, either way, you know, <laughs> we, we're talking about it. We're generating it. Yeah. It's fine. Um, no, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have anything to put up there right now. I mean, the best way to go and what you'll be able to find, I'm sure plenty of, of information about it is just on my Twitter feed. Um, and like you said, it's just at J. Michael Donahue. Uh, and so, yeah, I think once, once everything like with Kickstarter, you have to have it sent in to review to make sure everything's okay. And so until that happens and you get it back, you can't set your release date. Oh, so, okay. right. so, so like right now I'm, I'm on track to have it in and even it only takes two or three days that I should be able to set that date for the 22nd. Oh, nice. Okay. So I, I didn't realize they did that. That Yeah. I, I mean, I, I will say, yeah, it's kind of nice. I think just kind of keep from people throwing whatever up there. Yeah. Cause there are you know certain stipulations they have to, to stick with, but nice. Uh, all right. That's pretty much it, man. I want to say thank you for taking the time to talk to us and, uh, early on a Tuesday morning and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. Have a great day. We wish you the best of luck and uh, we'll we'll help you get the word out about that Kickstarter and maybe we'll put the link in the show notes if it's available by the time this goes up. And <laughs> that's pretty much it. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. We'll catch you guys again next week. Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, if you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, Old Colony Cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.